Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and football is officially back. We are just one day away from the NFL season kicking off with the Detroit Lions at the Kansas City Chiefs. In today's video, I'm going to go over every single matchup from that Thursday night football game all the way until Monday night football and tell you whether you should start or sit the quarterbacks in all of those games. But before we can get on into that, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, the please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. While you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure to leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter. Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you want to check out my Patreon, link is in the video description. $7.50, you'll get my weekly rankings on there, as well as I answer every single DM, every single question I get on Patreon, guaranteed. So without further ado, let's get into my week number one, starter sit decisions at the quarterback position. We begin with Thursday Night Football, the Detroit Lions at the Kansas City Chiefs. So we all know that yesterday, Travis Kelsey ended up hyper-extending his knee in practice. Now, based upon everything that I have seen on the internet from actual doctors, because as we all know, I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sins, they were saying that this is an injury where Travis Kelsey should miss one to three weeks of the season. Now, even if the doctor tells Travis Kelsey, hey, you probably can play on Thursday, I would think Andy Reid would completely shut that down because you don't want to give the opportunity for Travis Kelsey to go out there because he's a dog. He's going to want to go out there and play fetch, right? But you can't chance a guy like Travis Kelsey getting hurt on one of the best teams in the National Football League, the defending Super Bowl champs with the upside of winning the Super Bowl yet again. So if you are the Chiefs, you're probably not going to be playing Travis Kelsey. It would be insane to play him. So now, Pat Mahomes' weapons are MVS, Kadarius Tony for maybe 20% of the snaps before he ends up hurting his leg somehow. They also have my guy Sky Moore, Richie James. So even though the wide receiver core there in Kansas City doesn't look the best on paper, any given week, Pat Mahomes has the upside to be the quarterback number one in fantasy football. This could end up being a very high-scoring back-and-forth affair between Pat Mahomes and Jared Goff. I mean, we have seen it before when Goff was in LA, so I'm definitely starting Patrick Mahomes in this game. Really doesn't matter if Kelsey's hurt or not. Obviously, would Kelsey be a big help to Mahomes? Of course, but there's no way you're sitting Patrick Mahomes for the Goffinator, Jared Goff. He is going to be a start in this game. The Kansas City Chiefs defense is pretty eh, and even though Jared Goff does not have Jamison Williams, I still do believe that this offense is going to get right in this spot. They finished the season strong last year up against the Packers, knocking them out of the playoffs, and I think they're going to play a good game up against the Chiefs. Are they going to win? Probably not, but Goff will have a decent showing. Next up, we move to the beginning of the Sunday slate with the Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons, Bryce Young versus Desmond Ritter. Now, I would say this is the battle of mid, but I actually think Bryce Young will end up being a very solid NFL quarterback. But in game number one of his career, I don't really want to be starting rookie quarterbacks in the first game of their career, especially when that rookie quarterback is on a team like the Carolina Panthers. Now, could Bryce Young surprise some people and have a decent day against the Falcons? Wouldn't really be that surprising at all. But in terms of fantasy football, you don't want to be starting him. We all know the Atlanta Falcons love to run, run, run the rock gently down the stream. And the assumption is with B. John Robinson, they are going to be jamming the rock down the throat of every single defense. So while the Carolina Panthers do have a decent run defense, I do fully expect this to be a run-heavy affair. From the Falcons, I hope Desmond Ritter 
becomes a better quarterback than what we saw last season to help out my boy Drizzy Drake London as well as Kyle Pitts but ultimately Desmond Ritter will never really be in consideration to be started and even in two quarterback super flex drafts unless there's like a injury to one of your other quarterbacks you shouldn't be starting Ritter either. Next up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. Now, I have made it kind of clear that in my last two videos, the wide receiver start sit and the running back start sit video, that I actually think this game might end up being a lot more low scoring than people think. These AFC North matchups between the Bengals and the Browns or any of the other teams in this division are typically incredibly gross. I think this game could end 14 to 13 and someone misses an extra point and it'll probably be the Browns and the Bengals end up winning 14 to 13, right? This also could be a very high scoring game. Ultimately, both of these guys have amazing weapons around them. Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase, Teehee, Higgins, Tyler, yeah, Boyd on the team. Deshaun Watson has Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku, as well as Elijah Moore. So I'm a big fan of both of these quarterbacks going into the season. It will be very interesting to see if this game doesn't end up being lower scoring like a lot of the projections have it, this ends up being a higher scoring game. How well Deshaun Watson plays, right? Because I know there are a lot of fantasy football drafters that were scared shitless to take Deshaun Watson. I was not one of them. I think Deshaun Watson bounces back in a big way. I don't really know if he's going to end up being like an MVP caliber quarterback like he was at his time in Houston, but I also don't think he's going to be the quarterback that he was last season where it was basically like stepping on a bunch of Legos would have been a more enjoyable experience than Watson watching Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson play football. So both of them are going to be starts. Obviously, I'm more confident in Joe Shiesty than Deshaun Watson. Next up, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts. And what I said about Bryce Young is 100% true about Anthony Richardson, about how I would be scared shitless to start a rookie quarterback in their first ever game. The difference is Anthony Richardson has the legs, right? Anthony Richardson might not be able to play very well, not be able to pass the ball very well, but if he just runs for like 70 yards or somehow runs directly into the end zone and he gets like 70 rushing yards and a touchdown and he doesn't even pass that well, he'll probably still have a decent showing. I don't want to start Anthony Richardson. So if I drafted Anthony Richardson, I told a lot of people that you should be drafting an insurance policy, right? So you don't have to play Richardson in his first ever fucking start in a divisional game. Again, if push came to shove and I had Anthony Richardson and Baker Mayfield or Anthony Richardson and Derek Carr, I'm probably just going to roll out Anthony Richardson out there and say, you know what? The upside of this guy is so substantial that I'm willing to bite the bullet that maybe he's just atrocious in his first ever game, right? But if you have other options that are on this list that we haven't talked about yet, for instance, if you had Anthony Richardson and Sam Howell, I am playing Sam Howell over Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson barely qualified as a start. The problem was there are a lot of games that I feel like are going to be incredibly rough in week number one. So Anthony Richardson made the cut. A guy that easily makes the cut is Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Touchdown, Jesus himself. Obviously, his rookie season was a bit of a mess as Urban Meyer is a complete and utter dumb fucking idiot. But ultimately, once Doug Peterson took the reins, Trevor Lawrence flourished like a beautiful butterfly, right? Now he has Calvin Ridley. So is Christian Kirk. So is Zay Jones. So is Evan Ingram. 
has Travis Etienne, and now he has Tank Bigsby as well. I am all aboard the bandwagon of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think the Jaguars are going to be a fantastic team this year, and I expect Trevor Lawrence to just be really good. I don't think it will really be a surprise to anyone, right? I was going to say that Trevor Lawrence is going to surprise the haters, but I don't really think Trevor Lawrence has too many haters, if I'm being honest with you. Next up, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Cold Lake Minnesota Vikings. Kirko chains, big Kirko be dripping like that. You like that, Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings is going to be a start. The Buccaneers defense is not the Buccaneers from a couple of years ago that won the Super Bowl where they locked up Patrick Mahomes and threw away the fucking key. This is a completely different defense. I expect Kirk Cousins to have a good game. Huge note for this matchup for Kirk Cousins. It is in the early window. Kirk Cousins in the early window is like prime Steve Young, right? In the early window, that's why they call him the new nightmare, because he's amazing. Now, once it gets a little bit later, 4 o'clock or worse, primetime Kirk Cousins, that's where everything really goes wrong. This is the early game. So I expect Kirk to be feasting on the Buccaneers defense. Baker Mayfield is one of those guys that I will never quit. I still genuinely believe that Baker Mayfield has in him to be a starting quarterback in the National Football League. The question is, will that be very prevalent in week number one? Now, the Minnesota Vikings defense is soft as baby shit. I understand that they brought in Brian Flores as the defensive coordinator, and hopefully he should be able to fix things. And I wouldn't be surprised if halfway through the year, the Vikings defense was like defense ranked number 24 instead of one of the worst in the NFL. The problem for Baker, though, is he is an incredibly streaky quarterback. He's like Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? If you get the Fitz magic going, then Ryan Fitzpatrick would be on fire all game long. But if he starts out cold, playing like shit, then it's a Fitz tragic game, right? Baker, pretty similar. If Baker goes out there and carves up the Vikings on the first drive, then Baker might honestly have a fine day. If that isn't the case, though, the Vikings defense plays stout against him, then it's going to be a long day for Baker Mayfield. Anyways, though, even if Baker has a good game, you probably felt fine about sitting him. And I don't even think in most one quarterback leagues, a team even has Baker Mayfield unless they're a Baker Mayfield super fan. Next up, we got the Le Titans at the New Orleans Saints. Now, Derek Carr is one of those quarterbacks that is at the cusp of being start worthy. Now, I get that the Tennessee Titans defense is incredibly bad, but ultimately, I just don't know if Derek Carr is really that guy anymore. Derek Carr last year looked like a complete and utter shell of himself. Now, will Derek Carr be better than what we saw out of the Ginger Ninja, the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton last season? Most likely, right? But that's not saying much because Andy Dalton looks like a Weekends at Bernie version of Andy Dalton, right? Like he's a marionette out there. The same thing could have been said about Matt Ryan. Now, Andy Dalton was miles better than Matt Ryan last year, but that's not saying much either. I guess if you really wanted to throw a fucking triple-wrapped condom on your team, you could play Carr over Anthony Richardson, but I would definitely rather play Richardson because for me, the upside is just a lot higher. Ryan Tannehill isn't as bad as people really say he is, but ultimately, up against the Saints defense, this seems like a potential recipe for disaster for Tannehill. Next up, we got the San Francisco 49ers at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big cock Brock versus small hands Kenny Pickett. Now, I am a Brock 
Purdy truther. I am as much of a Brock Purdy guy as you could possibly be. But at the end of the day, the Steelers' defense is really good, and I don't really want a chance playing Brock Purdy in this spot. I don't really project this game to be very high scoring at all. Now, maybe the fact that Nick Bosa isn't showing up to the 49ers is going to lead for the Steelers' offense to actually be able to breathe a little bit in this spot. I know Kenny Pickett is probably rejoicing. He sent a prayer up to the football gods that Nick Bosa wouldn't reach an agreement with the 49ers, and he is probably ecstatic, right? Because he's not going to be getting laid out as much. But ultimately, small hands, Kenny Pickett, big cock Brock are going to be sits. For me, there were a lot of reports about Brock Purdy being very dicey in training camp, right? He'd have some days where he looks incredible, and there's other days where mono man Sam Darnold is playing better than him. At the end of the day, I do think Brock Purdy is rightfully the QB1 on this team. But the question is, was last year a fluke for Mr. Irrelevant, or was last year the beginning of a legendary story? of a quarterback that was literally the last pick in the NFL draft to being a decent quarterback in the NFL that could win a Super Bowl because of how stacked the 49ers roster is. So again, I'm a big Brock Purdy guy, but against the Steelers in what I project to be a low-scoring game, he's a sit. I think Kenny Pickett's also going to get better this season. I was very, It was very promising to see what he did in preseason. Now, I talk about this a lot in the videos prior to the NFL season, right, that you don't want to completely overreact to preseason because sometimes there are just guys that are preseason warriors, and then once the lights actually shine bright, right, once they go toe-to-toe with a team of, you know, the fucking 49ers, they crumble. I don't think Pickett's going to have that great of a game, but I do hope we see some positivity here because I do think Pickett could be a quarterback that you do consider to start on bye weeks for other quarterbacks. Next thing we got the Arizona Cardinals at the Washington Commanders. And I don't even know when I've ever seen a depth chart come out for a team like the Cardinals. And you see that the QB1 isn't the QB1 because the QB1 is listed as Clayton Looney Tunes, Clayton Toon, or Joshua Dobbs. So it's not Toon 1, Dobbs 2, Dobbs 1, Toon 2. It's Toon or Dobbs. Now, in the preseason initially, the Bucks had Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, but that was during the preseason. We are just mere days away from the Cardinals going toe-to-toe with the Washington Commanders, and these fuckers haven't named a starting quarterback. Now, Gannon came out the other day and said that Toon looks ready to be the QB1. But what's the holdup here? Just name it as Toon or Dobbs. Now, I'm not going to try to sit here and argue about Toon versus Dobbs for 30 minutes because who gives a shit? You're not going to start either of them. But it's just funny when we are literally just days away from the NFL season and the depth chart comes out and it says Toon or Dobbs. Figure it out, Gannon. Figure it out. Sam Howell is going to be a start for me. The Arizona Cardinals defense is so bad. It is so bad that it is almost shocking. Look at the depth chart, and you will be perplexed. You'll be like, when you know when McGregor was like, who the fuck is that guy? You'll say that like 15 times. Like, who the hell are half of these people? Sam Howell looked downright incredible. He was feeling dangerous in preseason. This guy was surgical out there, fucking cutting the defense up like he's playing Fruit Ninja on the iPhone. 
okay? Sam Howell, I think, is going to have a breakout season in 2023. Now, does it hurt that more than likely Terry Scary F1 McLaurin is not going to be playing in this game? 100%. But I think Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel are good enough, as well as Antonio Gibison, for Sam Howell to be held at bay. Again, the Cardinals' defense is so soft that even without Terry McLaurin, I think Sam Howell is going to have a top 18 quarterback finish on the week. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button down below. Helps me out a ton. Next up, we got the Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. Now, in the wide receiver starts hit video, I talked about how I was nervous to start any of the Ravens wide receivers, being Rashad Master Bateman, Zay Flowers, or Odell Beckham Jr. And it's not that I don't think they are going to be successful in this game. It's just... I don't want to be like, Rashad Bateman is the clear number one receiver, and then Odell has 15 catches and two touchdowns, right? Or maybe I say Bateman's the guy, which would be my guess, right? If I had to play any of them, it would be Bateman. And then Flowers just has this tremendous breakout game in his first ever game. Or maybe the more logical thing happens, and Mark Andrews just goes bananas. Lamar Jackson runs in a touchdown, gets 80 rushing yards. And the Houston Texans are dead in the fucking water in the third quarter. And then the Ravens just bench Lamar in the, in the fourth quarter and the game's over, right? They already are up by a gazillion. So Lamar should feast Thanksgiving dinner style on the Texans defense. But the wide receiver core, I like all those guys. But in week number one, do you really want to throw like a liability into your lineup like that? Lamar, though, smash start could be the QB one. CJ Stroud, another case rookie quarterback on a bad team don't start him do not start him in his first ever game now can we see that maybe a underrated houston wide receiver core as well as dalton schultz go out there and play pretty decent and cj stroud has an all right game 100 but when there's quarterbacks like Derek carr who i'm listing as a sit there's no way i could galaxy brain myself into telling you guys to start c Stroud. Next up, we got the Green Bay Packers at the Chicago, Chicago Bears. Now, I know on paper, the Packers defense should be pretty solid, but always remember this one moniker in week number one. Start your studs, right? Don't start second-guessing Justin Fields against the Packers and try to start some other quarterback because unless you have like Mahomes or Hurts and Allen on your team with Justin Fields, then you're going to start Justin Fields. Now, you shouldn't have that anyways unless you're in a super flex league. That would make no sense. But Justin Fields, the matchup might not be chef's kiss, manufique. It might not be an impeccable matchup. But Justin Fields is so fucking good that it really doesn't matter. This guy could run for 100 yards and two touchdowns in any given game. This guy, just like Lamar Jackson, could be the quarterback number one at the end of the week. I am ecstatic to see what Justin Fields is able to do in a real game with DJ Moore on the squad better offensive line i have been a justin fields truther all summer long and i'm gonna continue to bang that drum week one up against the packers jordan love has been a guy that i've also hyped up right i think at some point in the season jordan love could be a guy that you are willing to start in your lineup i think jordan love is being overly hated and maybe that's just because he's the quarterback of the green bay packers right and He's, he's not going to be the next Rodgers or Brett Favre, Nick. Of course not. Of course not. But could he be decent? I think so. Could it start week one against the Bears? Maybe, but it won't be happening in my starting lineup. Next up, we move to the Las Vegas Raiders at the Denver Broncos in Mile High. Now, I know what you might be thinking, Nick. 
Why the fuck do you have Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, as a quarterback to start, Nick? Um, I don't know if you could start Russell Wilson. I don't know if I would start Russell Wilson. Now, when I put Russell Wilson in my starting lineup, I will feel some immense pain, right? It will hurt because Russell Wilson touched me in my no-no square last season for fantasy football. But I think Sean Payton is running this offense like the fucking military. Sean Payton came out and said that he basically told Russell Wilson to stop being such a biatch, right? To stop trying to kiss babies, shake hands, play some football, pal. The guy lost 15 pounds in the offseason. He was getting a little tubby. Who of us haven't gotten a little tubby during the football season? Happens to the best of us, right? Chilling on the couch, eating wings, eating some fucking Papa John's. They don't, free, they don't pay me, so no free ads. You get what I mean, right? Happens to the best of us. But Russell Wilson is in the NFL. He's a starting quarterback. And last year, while everyone's saying, let Russ cook, Russ cooked up a disaster. Russ set the kitchen on fire, set a blaze. And they didn't even get insurance money for it, right? Russell Wilson is on the hot seat. He is on a situation where if he sucks, he's done. Sean Payton don't play no games. And I think Sean Payton's going to fix things. Plus, one of the only games where Russell Wilson looked somewhat competent, where it looked like he actually knew how to read the defense, right? In a lot of games, he was like Floyd Money Mayweather trying to read the cat in the hat. He couldn't do it, right? Or like Mike Tyson trying to say words with the F in it, okay? He couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. But against the Raiders, he showed up. The Raiders' defense is not good. So I'm giving Russell Wilson one chance here. Can you play good against the shitty Raiders' defense? I will start you. If you can't, then you're probably getting the fuck off my team. Now, while I say that, I don't think you guys should be overreacting to week number one. Week one, two, three, the first couple weeks of the season are when the craziest shit happens, right? There will be a team that you think stands zero chance. Last year, the Seahawks going up against the Broncos. Right? And then the Seahawks, Geno Smith, he don't write back. He beats you. The Broncos suck, right? <laughs> so don't be surprised if some crazy stuff happens. Jimmy Guap, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G Spot, Jimmy Pornstar, quarterback of the Raiders. This guy is just like, for fantasy football, he is just as boring as it gets. And he's not even like boring to where, like, oh, he's a fine QB2 in Superflex or two quarterback leagues. He is so fucking boring that. When push came to shove, I would probably start some receiver on my bench in my super flex spot over Jimmy Garoppolo. I've made this joke a bunch, so some people be like, Nick, you tell the same jokes every once in a while. Well, sorry, but Jimmy Garoppolo, if life was a video game, he used all of his skill points on looking like a stud and just a couple of them on being great in the National Football League, but he did get a bunch of rings. Next up, we got the Philadelphia Eagles at the New England Patriots. Before we talk about the Patriots and the Eagles quarterbacks, though, as well as the rest of the games, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Now I know your fantasy football draft, it's done. You've already done it. But on Underdog Fantasy, there are still best ball contests open to you up until Thursday. Now, the Puppy 4 is a great tournament to enter if you are a beginner. It is $5 to enter, $25,000 to first place, and $250,000 in total prizes. If you deposit $100 on Underdog, they will give you a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. If you want to deposit $50, you go to do an additional $50, $25, an additional $25. The minimum deposit on there is $10. 
If you want to check that out, it would help me out a ton. The link is in the video description or promo code Notorious. And the best part about those drafts is they're not managed leagues. It's best ball. So you draft your team and that's it. There's no waivers, no trades, and no in-season management. At the end of every single week, Underdog automatically puts the highest scores into your lineup for you. So if a lot of the time you're feeling like, oh my god, I started the wrong running back or the wrong receiver, well, that's never going to happen on Underdog because they automatically throw the highest scores into your lineup for you. And if you're not interested in tournaments, they actually have sit-and-go games, which is basically you versus 11 other people, 12-team league with as low of a buy-in as $3. First two places make money, third place gets their money back. So if that does interest you, make sure you guys check that out on Underdog. And like I said in the video from yesterday... After I record this video, I'm going to go do some more drafts on Underdog because they're closing soon and I want to get some more in. So we got the Eagles versus the Patriots back on into things here. For me, Jalen Hurts is a starter. Oh my God, I would never have guessed that. Of course, right? Jalen Hurts is my quarterback one on the season. I get that the Patriots defense is no pushover, right? I get that the Patriots defense could end up propelling Hurts to be like the quarterback eight on the week, but at the end of the day, you're not sitting Jalen Hurts, so he's an obvious start. Mac Jones, I think, will be better than last season. Last year was just as bad as it gets, right? It was just as bad as Russell Wilson but not as bad because we didn't expect as much out of Mac Jones, right? Everyone was given the gawk gawk 9,000. They were sucking off Russell Wilson. They were chortling his balls as well, but not with Mac Jones, right? No one really likes Mac Jones except for delusional Patriots fans. So the Eagles defense versus Mac Jones, they're going to eat this guy for lunch. So Mac Jones is obviously a sit. Next up, we got my Miami Dolphins at the LA Chargers. And I'm going to say a prayer to the football gods above that the Dolphins can get a W in this game. I actually think the loss of Jeff Wilson is going to sting this team, but it won't be the dagger into the team's heart. What scares me for the Dolphins, for Tua, and for this offense is the offensive line. Pieces of this Dolphins O-line are amazing. Other pieces are no bueno, right? Hoping Teron Armstead goes for like one of those things where he just pushes both guys, you know, like he's got his guy so well, they just reaches his arm out and says, hey, I got you over here, right? Tries to help, help out the fucking offensive line. Because part of this offensive line is a disaster. Shout out to Teron Armstead though. If, if we need him to stay healthy so that Tua can fucking stay alive throughout the season. I love this game. I have talked about how I think this might be a sneaky, low-scoring game as a Dolphins fan, but what I will tell you is that on paper, this matchup reeks of points, high-scoring total. You got guys like Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Gerald Everett. You've got studs. Even Raheem Mostert is just a good running back, right? This game reeks of a whole lot of points. Hopefully that's the case, right? Both these guys throw for four touchdowns and Jason Sanders kicks the game-winning field goal for my Dolphins. That would be my hope for fantasy football. I love both Justin Herbert as well as Tua Tungavailoa in this game. So they are obviously guys you are going to start. Justin Herbert was a no-brainer. Tua might be your quarterback too uh, on your team with some other guys, but I'm definitely starting Tua this week. I am ecstatic for his upside here up against the Chargers. Next up, we got the Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith, we talked about him not writing back before. We were talking about the Broncos. G I have never been more shocked about a player than I've been about Geno Smith. I was so convinced that Geno Smith was absolutely atrocious. I was sure that my boy, horse cock lock, Drew Locke, 
was going to be the starting quarterback of this team like halfway into the game. I thought that in that first game, the Broncos were going to lay such a smackdown, WWE style, that they would throw in the towel and throw in Drew Locke, and then Locke would end up being the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. But Geno Smith went out there and balled. I'm not talking about his head, right? I'm talking about his play. He played well. I think he's going to play well against the Rams here. This offense is loaded with talent. Now, the fact that JSN isn't healthy will matter against other teams, but it won't matter as much here against a diluted Rams defense. I like Geno a bunch in this spot. Now, Geno doesn't have crazy rushing upside, and the matchup isn't so juicy that I'd be like, oh, Geno could be the QB1 on the week, but could he be like the QB6, 7, or 8? I think so. Am I going to have him ranked that high? Fuck no, baby. But could he be finishing at the end of the season? Not the end of the season. I think he could at the end of the season, but at the end of the week, he could be like the quarterback six. Wouldn't it be too surprising? Now we move to Sunday night football. Football. The Dallas Cowboys at the New York football giants. Dickie Dakota Prescott versus Danny Vanilla Vic Dimes. Danny Jones of the New York football giants. Dak left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth last season. That motherfucker, everyone calls Tua, Tua turn of the ball over. Well, it was Dak turn of the ball over, man. And a lot of them weren't his fault. So I know there's going to be Cowboys fans with fingers, Twitter fingers in the comments, right? You fucking idiot, Nick. It wasn't Dak's fault a lot of time. The ball's like bouncing off of guys, going up in the air, and then they just come down with it. I get it. But Dak turned the ball over a lot last year. Dak did not look great last season. But I don't think Dak is a bad quarterback. Do I think he's like a top eight quarterback? No. But could he be a top 12 quarterback this year? 100%. I think he's pretty safe. I like the Giants defense a decent amount. But I still think Dak's going to end up having a very solid showing here. Should be a top 12 quarterback on the week. Pretty safe. Now, the Dallas Cowboys defense is really good. I'm not here to tell you that the Cowboys defense is overrated in any ways. Now, I do think Trayvon Diggs is a little overrated. But as a whole, their defense as a unit, they're really good. So... Danny Dimes got the rushing upside. Best receiver Corey's ever had. And that is not really saying much, right? Because a lot of the receivers he's thrown to in the past just suck. He's got Hodgins, Hyatt, Wandale, Sterling Shepard, Perry Campbell on the team. He's got my boy Darren Waller. And he's got the check down to Saquads Barkley. So Danny Dimes should be good. Has a lot of upside, though, with that rushing. Remember when he ran it against the Eagles? And it was like he was running in fucking quicksand. But in reality, like he looks, Daniel Jones is the guy that looks the slowest while running the fastest I've ever seen. That video against the Eagles where he trips and falls, that motherfucker was going like 20 miles an hour. I'm pretty sure. And he looked like he was running in quicksand or I don't even know how to describe it. It literally looked like he was moving in slow motion. Like in Matrix when they're dodging the bullets. But somehow he was going fast as fuck. I like Daniel Jones. Sneaky, sneaky upside in this game. I think a lot of people were sleeping on Daniel Jones this season. I definitely was not. Moving now to the final game here, Monday Night Football, the Bills at the Jumbo Jets. Now, last season, the Jets' defense was all over Josh Allen's ass. Pause, right? They were making Josh Allen make a lot of bad decisions, right? Josh Allen did not look very good against the Jets last season. The Jets have a very good defense. If the Jets had a halfway competent quarterback, they probably could have beaten the Bills both times. It's crazy. Now, 
Nick, why do you have Aaron Rodgers as a sit then? Um, because, again, Rodgers is one of those guys. I talked about it in yesterday's video. Like the guy from Home Improvement. Someone told me his name and I fucking forgot it already. But the guy who's like peeking over the fence, right? There's guys like Russ who are just peeking over the fence. Rodgers, his head is just above the, the fence, but his eyes aren't, right? He's that close. I think Rodgers isn't going to look as good as Jets fans think, but I also don't think he's going to look like as much of a disaster as Bills fans will say he's going to look. I think he's going to have an all right game. I think this might be a lower scoring game as well. I do think, though, that you just have to start Josh Allen. You're never fucking sitting Josh Allen. I hate when people try to do these things. I get it in DFS, right? Stay away from Josh Allen if he's against the Jets in prime and not in prime time, right? Or I guess technically in prime time too, right? Because you can play those games of DFS. But in the main slate, I would stay away from Josh Allen and the Bills. But in redraft, you drafted Josh Allen in the second or the third round. You're going to fucking play him. So you got to. Aaron Rodgers, you drafted him later. So you can afford sitting him and playing one of those other guys ahead of him. Again, though, if you want to make the argument, Nick, I would rather start Aaron jo or Aaron, not Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers over Russell Wilson. Or Nick, I would rather start Aaron Rodgers over Sam Howell. Right over some of those guys, Anthony Richardson, that are on the brink of being start-worthy guys, then go right ahead. I don't want to argue. I don't want to argue with you. I don't know why the fuck my voice just cracked like that. I'm 24 years old, goddammit. But, yeah, I'm not going to argue with you about that. I want to see how Rodgers does. I hope he's successful. And we already know Randall Cobb's getting like 12 targets in this game. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't end up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below. Make sure you guys hit that like button down below. And make sure you guys check out the Patreon if you want my weekly rankings. $7.50. They will come out early in the week. And I'll keep adjusting them as the week goes on all the way up until Sunday. And you can also ask any question you want on there on YouTube. I try to answer as many questions as possible. But it's hard. If you go to the running back or the receiver video, there was like 300 comments on each of them, right? There's a million comments. I'm down there fucking typing answer and everything, but it's hard. On the Patreon, you are guaranteed to get an answer. I am guaranteed to love you, though. The support we have seen recently is insane. Insane in the membrane. We're getting so many subscribers, so many views, and I owe it all to you guys. I hate when people are like, I'm so, pr I, I did this all, right? Because look, while I make the videos, you guys watch it. Without you, there's no reason for me to make these videos. So I do appreciate you guys from deep down in the bottom of my heart. Make sure you guys check out Underdog. Link in the video description. Love you guys all so much. Have a great Easter guys day. Click that subscribe button. Click on one of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them already. Love you as always. Good boy.